Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, the FinFab channel, iHealth Radio, new day, new topic, new show, new guest. And today I'm going to do a little bit of a, a mashup business and pleasure at the same time. <laughs> the business being the concepts and that we're going to educate folks and inspire them with. And then the pleasure is we're going to talk about something that, you know, one of the most favorite sports in the U.S. and, and getting, getting more popular around the world. Uh, and that's baseball. Uh, baseball is the game. Now, not no offense. I mean, we love the other games too, but we're going to talk about those possibly too. <laughs> but today we're going to focus on baseball because I have someone who actually played baseball, you know, uh, and, and good at it. So I have with me Joey Myers and uh, he'll tell us about his story. I mean, uh, he has more certificates and certifications and, and different affiliations that I cannot enumerate all of them. So so the best person to introduce Joey will be Joey. So Joey, how are you? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Hey, I appreciate you uh, making the time for, for somebody, like you said, in the baseball world. Now I didn't play for those out there thinking, what team did he play for in the big leagues? I didn't play in the big leagues. I did play four years division one baseball at a, at a college called Fresno State, which is in the central part of California. But Hey, that's, okay. that's, uh, I'm maybe not part of the 1%, but I'm part of the 1.9% or something. I, I'll take it. I know a lot of people would appreciate that. Trust me. <laughs> you know, there's only a few people that play in those as well. So, so I, I think we're, we have there, we can't get the top. We'll get the second top, but that's all yeah. good. <laughs> right. I'll take it. Uh, well, listen, no, no, definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. And by the way, you're being humble about that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but most people, you know, they, they know where they stand and that's, uh, that's, that's you. And I appreciate mm -hmm. that, but that, that's, that's great. And that's going to lead us later on to discussion leadership mm -hmm. and coaching and all stuff. And those are all concepts that people sometimes don't see. Right. Uh, you reach a certain you know level of expertise and uh, you know, uh, you use that to a lot of advantages, but, but really, so, so first things first, I mean, I want you to tell us about your story about baseball. I mean, obviously you don't just make it to play in, in those leagues, unless you're really good at it. Mm -hmm. And then you took it to the next level from there and you started actually taking it and teaching people through coaching. You also know a lot of things about, you know, fitness and, and the body mm -hmm. movement and all that. And we'll talk about all that. So, so let's start, start with that. Let's talk your story with baseball, when it started, how it, it went through and how was your path in throughout the, 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 the college days? Yes, sir. Yeah. So it was funny. I was talking to a couple of my players because I, I do small private group sessions with kids age from 11, 12, all the way up through college. I have some college freshmen and, and sophomores that I've worked with. They're in, they're in freshman, sophomore year of college. I've worked with them since they were like seven, eight, nine years old. Right. And we were talking about some of my origins and I tell them, I said, hey, it was, it was tough for me because my mom, 
my parents weren't really athletic. My mom probably more so. She was a cheerleader, played a little softball, but she wasn't very much into it. She just did it just to do it in high school. And my father, who he, he would say if he was sitting on with me right now, self-proclaimed nerd, had the pocket protector. Uh, he did serve. He did serve in, uh, for our military, Air Force in, in Vietnam and, and uh, Air Guard. He was, I think, in the Air Guard, Air Force for like 40 years and then served Respect. after he retired. Yeah, after he retired, he was 10 years in the Army Guard as a civilian. So, um, I mean, he wasn't a fruitcake or anything, but he, he was a nerd and loved math and he loved to drag race cars. And those, either of those skills, except was exception of my mom playing softball, she was the only one that had any kind of experience in the stick and ball sport. So I didn't really grow up with parents who had paved the way in the sport. So I was probably around 10 or 11, I became more interested and a little bit more infatuated with baseball. And I really started to, it started my, my journey of, of really self-discovery and I fell in love. I think my first baseball card was Mark McGuire, Don Mattingly and Mark McGuire. So Don Mattingly with the Yankees out, out, you know, you guys out there. I don't know if you remember him at all. Uh, Donnie baseball with the big mustache mustache with the Yankees and uh, he first baseball card. And then I, I love the, the color green. So the Oakland A's are the only green team that has really any green in the big leagues. So the really the, and then they had the 88 and the 89 world series, right? 88 where the A's got beat by the Dodgers with Kirk Gibson's uh, his, his floppy leg home, home run where he got pulled off, you know, pinch hit where he had the bad leg and hit the homer to, to beat not to beat him the whole thing, but I think it was game two or three or something. Um, and then uh, 89 with the Bay area series where they beat the giants and swept them. And that just started my, my whole infatuation with the game and the obsession with the game. So from there, I, I started digging into books. I started getting hitting lessons and things like that. And I just, I love the game. I was a player. Like I tell mine, you're, you're either a player who gets pulled through the sport or you're a player that gets pushed through the sport. So if you're, if you're pulling yourself through the sport inspiration wise, you're doing it yourself. There's not a lot of pushing that your parents have to do or any kind of mentors really have to do. And those are the players that are really special to watch because they are on a self journey of trying to get better. And they're, they're doing what they can. They're either hiring somebody to help them, a mentor, or they are, they're reading books or they're, they're doing whatever they need to do. Looking online now, you know, back in the day, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have YouTube. Some people listening to this, the, the Gen Xers, they are the millennials. They wouldn't uh, believe that we wouldn't have access to YouTube or anything. We had books. And if we wanted to library, <laughs> library. And if we wanted to get in touch with a, somebody who's really good, like if it was a player or phone book. Yeah. Yeah. Phone book. <laughs> or you had to write a letter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I remember, I remember writing my friend saying, Hey, I heard somebody wrote a letter to so-and-so at the baseball stadium, you just write a letter and you send it to the baseball stadium and they got a response and the whole thing. Like the millennials now they're like, what? I could just reach out Snapchat. over Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you no. Know? So that was it. So that got me, I got a scholarship, full ride scholar, or almost full ride scholarship. So I got my school paid for, and I got maybe two, three, $400 for books per semester to pay for my books. So it was a, it was a great gig and got, got four years of education for, for pretty much free. I had to you know, come up with a little bit of money for some of the other books, but I got a full uh, education, got to play at a division one college and, and for a coach who, uh, coach Bob Bennett, who was elected into. So my last year was 2013. So it was the spring of 2000. No, 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 no. Two, uh, spring of 2003. Sorry. I had a three in it. 2003. 
And he ended up, he got elected into the Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame, NCAA Division One Baseball Coaches Hall of Fame in 2013. Uh, 34 years at Fresno State. They, they went to the College World Series, I think, once. And he was just a phenomenal coach. And, and you talk about the leadership and everything. And we had these meetings in January before the season started, these double days and triple days where he'd sit us down. We'd, we'd practice two times. It was, we call it three a days. So we'd practice two times. One was in the morning, one was afternoon, which is a little longer. And then the, the evening cap was we'd have to sit after being super tired from the whole day and, and a week or two of this. And we'd have to listen to coach talk for an hour about how to put your socks on how to put your socks on, how to put your stirrups on, how to put your pants on, how to put your belt on right. And we just thought, looking at each other, what the hell does this have to do with anything? But it had everything to do with it. It was de- it was attention to detail, right? And that's what we sometimes forget is that detail and everything. So I could appreciate it just because my parents weren't really into it growing up and I had to learn everything on, on my own. And I really had to go and look at what the detail was, what a, what a movement looked like and what was it in the movement that really gave the output that we were seeing happen. So I feel like that attention to detail is huge today and is sorely missed by some people. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I mean, that's <laughs> well, but first of all, thank you for sharing that. And, and, and I have to say, I mean, first of all, uh, your journey is, is unique because you're almost self-made when, when it comes to your <laughs> destiny there, because to your point, you know, so, and, and I know that feeling when your parents are not really doing the stuff you do, it's a little hard or they're not participating. Uh, and, and, but you love something, you have it in you, you have a passion for it and you're going to do, and you're determined to do something with it. But you did, you took it, you learned, it took you to a free, you know, college, you know, around and, you know, uh, to a decent level of fame, because I mean, you know, college is college. I mean, you know, baseball, all these teams are actually out there and people see them and, and they know, and it's fun and has its own, you know, category of, of, of distinct, <laughs> distinguished, you know, folks. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's awesome. And that's an experience, but then also you had to meet some of the top, you know, people like this particular coach and, and, and uh, the experience itself is important because, when you get somebody that, that at that level to lead you, to teach you, that stays with you for life. And, 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 and that knowledge is something that is not cheap. And you don't get it all the time. Not everybody has access to those folks, you know, in the first place. Right? You said it. I mean, you had to write stuff to get someone to even respond to you and give you a tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, now you get someone that's real, that understands the game and is giving you things that not only can help you in the game, but help you outside of the game. Because that's the other part. A lot of things that you learn through sports live with you in your life when you apply them without even thinking about them subconsciously it's already there it's instilled in you and they work mm-hmm. you apply them in business now you're a business person we're going to talk about that shortly and you help businesses and you do a lot of things so you're you you really do a lot of things <laughs> so so but but all this starts with that that base that foundation you had then you know mm-hmm. and that's that's uh, to our listeners it's important that you don't miss those things you know if you have kids and for yourself whatever the case may be you know every single step in life is going to be something that's going to build you for the next for the future and if you do it correctly in the beginning everything else is going to be correct and mm-hmm. not only that you'll take it to the next level and start sharing with other people mm-hmm. today that's what we're doing we're sharing your experience and your your motivation and your tips that we're going to share as well you know so there's new folks here that'll be like wow i didn't know this i'm not sure i i, I can't even see the relationship between being you know in baseball and learning how to do business. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to make that linkage right now. I mean, so those are the things that people sometimes don't see. And to your point, that's detail, <laughs> you know, right. but, but your experience. So my question to you is you, you were looking up at this coach and, and yes, at the beginning, we all do the same thing. We look at somebody that's teaching us stuff like, what's the point? 
<laughs> you know, like really, we don't even understand the concept until later on. You'd be like, ah, now I know. Mm -hmm. But 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 so you were there, then you started learning and you started adjusting and applied everything. Obviously, you went through it, you know, with with, with flying colors, right? Mm -hmm. And then then you moved on to live. Live live happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and again, I mean, at, at the, short of making it to the the, the 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 big league, you know, I mean, you you were there, but you know, that's it. Now you move on to regular life mm -hmm. but now you went and get certifications because you wanted to stay in there and then you wanted also to 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 the next level which is like let me take all the stuff i learned let me apply it and then you became part of these coaching you know uh associations and groups and you do that yourself now mm -hmm. so 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 let's see like if you were to compare yourself with the your coach what would you think you stay your, your stage will be like what would be your rank <laughs> i mean it's a tough question and by the way there's no i know i know exactly you're probably gonna have the answer like he's still gonna be my mentor and that's the end of it uh, i mean but but really like you've learned but you also advance you improve things change over time i mean the athletes today are different from the athletes back in the days just mm -hmm. because everything that's available to me so so let's just I want to just, you know, kind of explore that discussion there for a minute, because yeah. people actually always compete in their mind with their their coaches and stuff. I mean, it's it's common that people are like, I want to be like him, I can do better and this and that. And that's a discussion that you usually have. You don't say it, but you have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, what's interesting is both coaches. Why? Well, so I had one. So Coach Bennett for my first three years, freshman through my junior year. And then we had a new coach come in my last year, which is always a challenge when you have so many new coming in at, when you're on your way out and uh, the new, the newer coach, he's there now. He was a little bit more new age, brought a little bit more flavor to, to everything. And I'd been there for three years, kind of knew what coach, what to expect from coach Bennett. So to get it from another coach. So I learned a little something from each and, and I know you say compete. And I think the two things that you tend to look at whether it's business or sports or coaching, whatever, is you take what you learn to do, which you learn something from these coaches, what to do and what you found to be successful, but you also learn some what not to do. And there was a lot of both in, in both cases, I think more so I learned uh, more of what not to do on in, in the second coach. I, I, I appreciate what he did, but there were some things that I probably would have changed, made a little bit different. But one of the things really there was, um, towards the end of the year, I was about six weeks uh, towards the, the last part of the season. I wasn't having a very good season at all. My senior year, a lot of it had to do with myself. I was in my own head and the, physically I could do it, but I let my own self kind of get in the way. So what I learned and, and the type of player I was is you tell me what to do. I'm a steam engine. I, I will do it and do it and do it. And throughout my life and through my career, I was, I was very honored to have great coaches, great knowledgeable coaches. And I was always, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And it wasn't until towards the end, I don't know if maybe it was just me getting that starting to question now, starting to, like you said, starting to make that transition from the sports, playing sports your whole life uh, and going into the business world, but started to question things. And at, at the end there, wasn't doing very well, wasn't playing. And there was a couple of things that happened. We, it could be another, another uh, talk for another day that really got me upset and pretty emotional. And we were having a Friday night batting practice. It, we were, our games were Friday, Saturday, Sundays. And the Friday nights were usually the, the seven o'clock games or the six o'clock games. So it was, uh, it actually was Thursday. So it was, a, it was a night before we were having a night batting practice to get ready for the, the Friday night game. And I was stewing, I was pissed. 
because a couple of things coach had talked to a friend of mine who was actually doing pretty well. He was the same year as me. Good, good buddy of mine since high school, uh, junior high and high school. And uh, I talked to him on a, in a game. They were, they went to a high school game to recruit and he was talking to my buddy about me instead of coming to me about it. And that really, that really ruffled my feathers a little bit. So coach comes walking over. I was in a group of two or three other guys that really weren't playing as much either, but we're pretty good. So he comes walking over and I'm pissed. And he, and he saw it. He goes, Hey, Joey, you look like you're pretty pissed. I let him have it. I let him have it. I said, Hey, I don't appreciate you talking to my, my teammates, especially my good buddies about blah, 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 you know, drama, drama. And so I, I really laid into him and I didn't care because I wasn't going to play. What, what was he going to do? What, what, <laughs> how much worse could it get? I mean, I guess he could kick me off the team, but who, who cares at that point? I had six weeks, eight weeks left of the season. So I got it out. I learned to step, to step up, to, to be my own advocate, basically. And what came out of it was he was the type of guy, and you've probably met these kind of people, males, females, that you step up to them, you earn their respect. And it took me until the last six to eight weeks of our of, of that year, my season, my last season, to learn that about him. So I stepped up to him, I let him have it, and he goes, all right. He goes, what I, what I was going to do before walking up here, he was going to do this apparently, but um, I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to test us, but he goes, I'm going to let you guys play. So there's two or three of us. I'm going to let you guys start not taking you out this whole, this whole series, this whole three game series. We're just going to let you guys play. And that was it for me. That's all I needed. And that was like, I ended up, I was probably hitting a hundred, maybe at that point, I probably finished the season around four, uh, the last part of the season, about four, 400. So I was probably the happiest 200 hitter at the end of that season, right? Because I proved to myself that one, I can stand up for myself. And number two, that I can finish strong, that I wasn't going to finish the, the, the rest of my career, my last, you know, eight weeks of my career in, in such a bad uh, slumpy state. So I was able to bust through. Um, so when you ask, you know, competing against coaches, I think it's more of, for me, you take a little bit of each, right? You, you take what to do and what not to do and really transitioning into the business world i learned that hey you need to question i don't you don't don't care how good somebody is or how skilled that they are if they're having you do something or if you're going into a business agreement that you have to question everything you have to be discerning you have to use critical thinking and you have to question it and you have to stand up for it and oftentimes you're going to be wrong <laughs> i've been wrong plenty of times my wife can tell you uh, but you have, you have to stand up for what you think is right. If you're wrong, I, I tend to refer to myself as an aim first or a uh, fire first aim second. And my daughter's like that. My daughter right over here, she's five, going to be six. She, she, she's the same as me. My son is the opposite. He's aim first fire second. He wants to make sure he's making the right decision. And uh, so, yeah, we get burned a little bit as, as fire first aim seconds, but you know, I learned that that one situation with, with that coach. That was the big one for me. That was a, if I think back about one of the biggest moments in my life, uh, that was a change in my, in my mental paradigm. That was a big one. Well, Joe, I, thank you for sharing a lot of good stuff there. And, and I want to just dissect some of it. And one of it is the ability to, to, you've comprehended, you understood the concept that every person is different and there is good and bad. When I say bad here, I'm not meaning the bad, bad, but I mean, there's not everything that you will learn is going to be of the value you want, but right. even the stuff you don't learn will teach you what to know, how to, to, to differentiate the good and the bad there in the situation. And right. that's in itself learning. And, right. and, and that's important. I think for our listeners, I mean, in life, you're going to come across a lot of people. 
period or not. I mean, right now, if you're watching and, or listening to this show, you have two of us here, right? Mm -hmm. And will be some people that you're probably going to listen to and pick up a couple of things from. But at the end of the day, you're going to meet thousands of people, if not millions, <laughs> throughout mm -hmm. your lifestyle, life, life uh, you know, span. And then what happens is that you're going to pick good, 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 good. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, literally, you just, you know, scheme off the top, you know, whatever you can get and just add it to your arsenal, to your ammunition, to your like knowledge. Now that buffet, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. You don't have to like, oh, I don't have anything to learn. You're always going to learn something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Even if you are learning or not learning something is learning because yeah. <laughs> you learned that this is not the person I'm going to learn from something and you right. have to avoid them. So you learn how to avoid those folks, right? <laughs> so you have to find any way, like if you if you go with your mindset like that, you will always learn. And in every situation. And, and the other thing I think that's important, and you said it yourself here, and that's great. Uh, by the way, the coach was slick and smart. And that's a strategy that, that in, in leadership and coaching and, and, you know, people press that button mm -hmm. and push you to the extreme to see how, 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 whether you're going to just collapse and just, mm -hmm. you know, pull out and that's it, like give up, or you're just right. going to like, nope, uh -uh, I'm not, I ain't taking this. I'm I made him look this. good. I made exactly. him look good at the end. But that's exactly so. Mm -hmm. that, well, that's the exit, the, the role of a coach, and, and you, right. you you are the coach today, so you know right. this, is to get them to actually see themselves, their value, what they're capable of, and mm -hmm. push to the extreme. But sometimes it takes that moment when you got to put them on the edge and kind of like push off and like, oh, and then they figure out how to fly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but that's, that's really the same concept here. Like, you know, it, it took a moment. It took him to get you to that, 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 because he realized to your point, you said you were in your head. He figured that out. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can tell when someone is getting to that, you know, I got this, I'm, I'm all of it, you know, and that happens to the best of us. Right. I mean, right. you get to a point and you think like, you're the expert and you get too overwhelmingly self-confident. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to hear anybody and what they have to say. And your way is the, the right way. Everybody's way is wrong. And that's it. But by, by getting to trigger you to come up to him, that was the thing. And by the way, this is actually something you do even in business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you take some employee employee that you know that has what it takes, but but you got to give them the little nudge and, and the push. And and sometimes it takes that little, you know tough love to mm -hmm. make it happen, mm -hmm. and it works. So so that's awesome. And I think again, thank you for sharing that because it's it's a big concept that people have to be aware of. And if you are exposed to it, you know, welcome it. But but don't take it the wrong way. Sometimes it could be bad. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, of course, you have to, to know who you're dealing with. But in this case, I mean, your coach didn't have any other ill feelings about it other than his purpose is to get you in shape, to get you to do your, your best. Mm -hmm. And he was able to pull that from you eventually, but he had to go to the extreme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? That's the getting somebody into the emotional state, you're going to get the truth. You're going to get what they really think instead of when you ask somebody, hey, how's it going? How's the weather? You're going to get this this facade, this defensive facade, and you're going to get these surface things. How are you feeling? Hey, I'm good. I'm oh, good. good. I'm yeah. good. You know, but when you when you can get that and get it tap into that emotional state and you don't have to be as direct like coach was with me. But if you can get into that emotional state, you really get the truth out of people. You get you get them into that that side, whether it's sad or whether it's anger or whether it's being happy, you get the truth. And that's, I think this sometimes I, that with that, I learned, you're talking about that. He taught me a lesson there. That's what I learned is that sometimes whether it's a family member or a friend or whatever, you edge into them a little bit and you know, they're going to forgive you. So, right. It's fire first, aim second, you know, they're going to forgive you. You're probably going to look like an idiot, but you're going to get the truth. And, and not only I'm, am I not going to get the truth from them or I'm going to get the truth from them, but they're going to get it from me because we're both going to be 
emotional in that sense you know so there's sometimes that's okay sometimes it's not okay but well there's there's a place for everything obviously what what the, but the other thing is that's that's a, an element here that we have to highlight is that in this experience right mm-hmm. it's 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 highlighting the the aspect of styles because mm-hmm. that was his style mm-hmm. and you know somebody else may have a whole different style maybe they will they will use a different tactic and it will work now like in leadership you have different formulas not everybody has it's not a cookie cutter you know style everybody's the template everybody's got their own thing some people are firm some people are like you know different they some people see the value of each person differently what i see like if you and i right now were to teach a class we will have two different you know approaches mm-hmm. even if we were learning the same things and we'll this is what you're going to teach we're going to have and actually I, i i i went through this stage myself we, we uh back in the days i had a, a real estate school so we had to get a course where you have to be able to present to groups and things like that. And so to get certified. Mm-hmm. And so, so when we did the course, it was, it was two of us and we had the same thing, but the class judged us differently. Everybody had a different approach to, to the class. We both did good. We passed, but each one of us, and, and they, they all highlighted the good, the bad and the ugly, but it, mm-hmm. it was all positive for the most part. But at the end of the day, Two people walked in the same room, did the same exercise, and we had two different opinions and two different values that we were taking off. But that happens today in everything. And that, and that, that actually is going to lead me to the next question is, as a, as, as a coach yourself and as a, as a player back in the days, you know, what would you, you know, really define a good coach tactic and a good coach personality in general? Uh, like, you know, again, there's no set because, like I just said, that there's different styles, but like it, the core of it. What would mm-hmm. be that that ideal coach concept that will get the best of the best? You know, I that's a great question. And that that you know, goes beyond. I mean, that goes parent parenting, that goes yes. teaching, that goes coaching, that goes the whole thing. But the the number one foundational thing that I think the best coaches have is they're able to be relational. So relationships, they build relationship. Now, there's a give and take in that. You can't be too too caring. I, I don't know if you can be not be too caring, but if you're too caring, some players, like you said, every, everybody's different, right? You have to deal with the different players, the different personality types, the different characters, uh, you have to deal with them differently. So you have to know what is too much uh, on the caring side. So one person might take advantage of you that that might be used as a weakness, right? So um, being caring, uh, being a confidant sometimes being a counselor sometimes being knowing how much to ask sometimes because some players aren't going to open up some people aren't going to open up as much but just like with with the coach the my last coach you know he knew how far to push to to get me to to finally take that step and commit and say all right hey this this is it this is what i'm thinking but i think the coach that's very relational like what i would like to do with my players is i like to be playful with them and it's like a playful teasing So my boys, some of my boys are, they're going through their dances at school and high school, right? They have their formal, they've had their formal, their Sadie's dance. And I have a couple that are freshmen in high school. So it's their first real dance that they've gone with the girls, you know, so I'm a little, little playful with it. And then I have, I have some girls too, some softball girls that are older, that junior seniors in high school, and they might be in the same group with this, this person. And so they, they like to play with each other. You know, the, the older gal calls the, the freshman guy, a, a freshie, you know, as a freshman <laughs> freshie, you know, so this, this like playful style. So I think whether that's sports, whether that's business, I think there needs to be a little playfulness there. I think that makes for a really good relational coach is to tease a little bit, but know, 
you can tease too much some people so you have to know how much to to be able to playfully tease somebody to where you're not upsetting them you're not uh, making them embarrassed or, or whatnot but i would say relationship is the best thing that you can do whenever you got uh, whenever the coach is too far off like they're too locked in their room they don't want confrontation they don't want players in there and, and that was the hall of fame coach who was elected in, in the Hall of Fame, Coach Bennett, later on in his career because he had so much pressure being put on him from the media. At the time, he was getting older, he was in his 70s, and they were trying to push him out. And it, it was just sad to watch as he was finishing off his coaching, his stellar coaching career and how much pressure they were putting on softball, was putting pressure on him because he was good at fundraising. He was good at building, like they built the stadium with fundraising money for baseball, but the Title IX stuff was the the female sport the equivalent needed to have the same amount but the female equivalent the softball program didn't want to go out and fundraise as much you know this kind of stuff so he had all this pressure so he he shut the door a lot more versus earlier on when we talk we go to the alumni games and we would talk to some of the past players that played for him in the 80s in the 90s when he was just going he had an open door policy or doors wide open you could come in and chat with them and and all that kind of stuff and he said yeah things changed things got a little bit more pressure put on him i think he was just more afraid of what he was going to say and didn't want to say the wrong thing and then fire him as he's in his golden years of coaching on his way out getting the getting the golden ring you know um but uh, yeah relational it, well, it's tough to be in the spotlight. I mean, just for that matter. I mean, it's it's hard, and and, and you get you got to maintain that that level, and you're you want to exit with it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want it to to disrupt it at the end, right? But but I think I think you hit on a big element that is that is a a good piece of advice that we need to to highlight here. That is, anybody, business, sports. If you're in a team, whether you're a player or a coach, it's 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 that sociable aspect you have to become a family in a way because mm -hmm. you are going through you know this is not going to be an overnight thing i mean it's going to mm -hmm. be an ongoing for at least a few years if not you know more than that right and so you need to know each other you need to trust each other and that doesn't happen overnight and plus every person is different like you can have a full team and they're literally multiple personalities and each mm -hmm. one of them has a different you know way of operating and mm -hmm. you have to be able to be like almost feeling those those personalities and understanding them equally and and making sure that you don't rob anyone the wrong way at the same time you understand how what's going to get them to deliver mm -hmm. and that that's true for business that's true for, that's true for everything i mean i i've had multiple teams in the business world and exactly it not everybody is the same we're not cut from the same you know cloth type of thing right everybody's different and each one of them has its own way and so therefore you have to understand it and not, you only understand it if you're close enough to know that Mm -hmm. And you have to open to them so they can actually share the true personality. To your point, they can be shallow and you're not going to get anything. And therefore, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to work with them accordingly. And it takes discussions, like to your point, open door policy. Let's talk what works, what's up. And then you can make the adaptation. That's the other thing. You have to be malleable yourself. Mm -hmm. If you just rigid, this is the only one way I want it. I, just, I want everybody to do exactly what I want. That's the end of it. That ends the deal right there. <laughs> yeah. So so leading is is not simple people think like okay you're in charge of no, that's being a boss you can tell people what to do but mm. they may not do it <laughs> right but 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 in coaching is different it's mentoring it's it's really being there for them it's showing them why and get them to really get motivation that's the other thing motivation is key and as i think part of coaching and leading is motivating 
Mm-hmm. If, if you can't get the team excited and motivated, then you're not going to get any results. And like, they'll be walking like zombies, you know? Okay, yeah. sure. <laughs> We're going to swing that bat. All right. <laughs> you know, but so that's the thing. You have to create something, get them some, some competitive spirit going and all that stuff. And that's, that's actually powerful. And coaching is, is listen, coaching. I was watching, literally, I was doing a, um, almost one of those encore movies, you know, with, mm-hmm. uh, we were soldiers. I don't know if yep. you've seen the Mm-hmm. That's an awesome movie. And I just, I was rewatching it and it, it's, it's powerful. Like the words, you know, that Matt Gibson mm-hmm. was talking about. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a sad movie. I mean, there's crazy stuff in that movie, but, but the, the concept of leadership that was displayed there, it's just awesome. The way, you know, he, you know, it was portrayed and you see that in sport movies and war movies and even mm-hmm. corporate movies. And that's something that is, that is really ex- ex- extraordinary, you know, to actually, you know, observe and watch and learn from, because those are experiences that each and everyone can take you know few items and apply them and they'll make a whole different you know personality of you <laughs> right so so, so well, yeah go ahead well you, well you mentioned rigid right not, not having a rigid plan like you said yeah yes. you can be a boss and you can tell everybody what to do and what another interesting story is we were so this is with my, my last year we had uh, faced a guy from Louisiana Tech. So Louisiana Tech's, um, they were in our league at the time, but they weren't very good. But for whatever reason, they had this little crafty left-handed pitcher. And I was right. M- most of our team was a right-handed, right-handed hitting. At least we had, we had a few lefties in the lineup, uh, but he, he pitched against us on a Friday night. So we would play three games against Louisiana Tech at our place. And then later on in the season, we'd play three games at their place. So we would go there and rust in and we'd play, play them. So at our place Friday night, he, as a left-hander, uh, for those familiar with baseball, he, he didn't throw very hard, but he was very crafty. He was able to throw his, his curveball. Uh, they, they call it a, a backdoor curveball. So the, the curveball would start on the outside part of the plate. You'd give up on it and then it would curve back over and be a strike. And so us, our plan, and, and this is one thing I learned that was really good that co- the, the last coach had taught us was to actually have a plan, have an approach at the plate. So where you're hunting, you're looking for a specific pitch in a specific location. So he had told us, he had said, our coach, he said, okay, you're either going to hunt two thirds of the plate, either this is your choice. You can hunt it a uh, fastball two thirds away of the plate, two thirds in. So either one. So you, that was your choice and what you wanted to do, but it had to be fastball. So we were all hunting our fastballs two thirds away or two thirds in whatever, the, whatever the, our lineup decided to do. Well, this pitcher was throwing a curveball on the outer half of the plate. So we're all thinking fastball, right? So he's strike one, strike two, strike one, strike two, strike one, strike two. And all of us are getting to two strikes because we're all taken because we're looking for the fastball because because coach told us to, right? And coach had told us also that if you wanted to hunt something other than a fastball at the beginning, it was going to be an act of Congress. We had bring all these scouting things and we'd have to bring all this evidence of why we wanted to do this. It was an act of Congress to be able to switch, you know, get the plan to switch. So anyway, that Friday night, he, he, that pitcher, they beat us that night. So fast forward to when we go to their place, same Friday night guy, my buddy and I were sitting on the bus. We're going to the field, I think the night before to take batting practice, to get used to the field. And we were watching the video from that game, the prior game with him pitching. And the, and the video was from center field. So we could get a bird's eye view, uh, back backwards view and see what was happening. So we're watching this guy and it was to all the righties, backdoor curveball, strike one, backdoor curveball, strike two. We're like, you know, and he kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. That's so we go, signature. You know what? Signature. Yeah. So, and, and it worked, right? Because we were all programmed to look for the fastball two thirds away or two thirds in didn't really matter, but we were looking for a fastball. So my buddy and I decided, you know what, 
this is at fire first aim second again showing up we said you know what we're just going to hunt two-thirds away curveball two-thirds away curveball so we told our our teammates we didn't tell coach because we didn't want him to get upset or anything like that we're just going to kind of show it show what happened so get, come come time for the game same guy throwing same approach he took the same approach against us because it worked before and i think we got him out we hit him out in the third or fourth inning he didn't last more than three or four innings. And my buddy, I think, ended up going four for five. He might have had the cycle. So he hit a single, double, triple homer. Um, I think I had a homer. Uh, I was like three for four with the homer and a couple doubles. So it just went to show that. And, and coach wasn't upset. So we found out that he, he wasn't upset <laughs> if we went off the plan a little bit. But it's the same idea, right? You talk about being rigid with what you're doing. I think that is that's a weak that can be used and exploited as a weakness. And I, I think it doesn't really earn that relational relationship between boss and employee or, or colleague, you know? And Joey, thank you for, for, for really sharing. I, I love that actually, <laughs> but that's a true, true example of what happens when you in a lead, you only want one way and you're not open to potential change. Hmm. Uh, you see every situation happens and you have to adapt. I mean, in, in, in martial arts, we use this term hmm. of adaptability. You have to adjust, hmm. you know, you're not like, we don't go out there like, okay, the guy's going to swing to the right. I'm going to do this particular technique. You don't know what's going to happen. They, mm -hmm. they slip, they throw it. It's a different angle. What mm -hmm. are you going to do? Mm -hmm. So you can't just say like, well, he didn't send it straight. Okay. Well, guess what? Too bad. You got it in your face. <laughs> Doesn't work that right? So it's the same concept. You have to be able to adjust. And as a coach, you have to let the team, they're playing. You can go with the best plan. Mm. Once they're in that field, they're the ones who are seeing what's going on and they're dealing live. No mm. one that, that, that happens. Like even we can talk war, mm -hmm. you, the politicians, the, 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 the mm. Pentagon can actually decide on everything. But once these guys out there, you know, they're really live time. I mean, they're not actually waiting for decision. They have to make split, you know, second mm -hmm. decisions. There's nothing you can do about it. So once, and, and we use this in, in business, once mm -hmm. you send them and you deploy your troops and you deploy your teams, they're in the trenches. They're doing the thing. You mm -hmm. can monitor and adjust as you need to give tips, but they sometimes they have to make the adjust the necessary adjustment to get the results. Otherwise, you're going to be held responsible. Like, well, your team didn't deliver. <laughs> Hello. Mm -hmm. So you have to give that that ability to that almost autonomy to mm -hmm. make those split decision moments. But if you don't, that's a problem. And and you're right. Some some, I think more novice you know coaches and leaders you know mm -hmm. they they make that mistake as right. they get expertise they realize that you know what i'm going to go with the plan there's always a backup plan and there's another backup plan to the backup plan <laughs> you, you you're not going to go with one strategy so this, this and that's the other thing look at this other team mm -hmm. the guy was using the same tactic because that worked <laughs> see on the, on the flip side same thing probably happened in the other coach you're only doing this it's working right <laughs> but he didn't realize what well, dude i did it the other time it worked these guys probably did their homework they know better <laughs> so if he had switched on you guys you probably would have you know gotten thrown off the the, the, the thing but he did right. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm almost positive that, that the guy on the other had the same concept. This is it's working. Keep the, the technique. You don't. You just allow the person because they're the only ones who can assess that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Isn't this the same? Life is the same. You know, you can't just because he was working a certain way. That's that. That's the biggest mistake that happens in everything. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we know. That's always been done that way. Okay. Well, we evolve and evolving can happen in split seconds, you know, right. increments. And that's really the difference in how you can be a top, you know, producer and a top leader, a top coach, and, or you can have mediocre or like less, you know, valuable results because you're not open 
to more things. We talked about technology mm -hmm. today. Technology is it. We have to adapt. I mean, imagine <laughs> we're still sending email. I mean, sending postcards to get, you know, <laughs> oh, no, we don't want to adapt to, to science or to the technology that we have today. Doesn't mm -hmm. work. Right. You got to adjust. Mm -hmm. So, so I, again, I, I, I wanted to just hop on that one because I think that's a big component of discussion of leadership and coaching and mentoring. And, right. and also for people that are, that are learning, you know, you mm -hmm. have to be able to speak up too. Like, yes, you might upset someone, <laughs> but, 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 but that's the other thing. Like if you allow people to share opinion, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, they can, you don't have to take them, but listen first, yeah. then decide, let me see, let me, you got a better idea. Sure. Again, mm -hmm. we, I can be the smartest guy in the room, but I'm never going to be smarter than everybody else together. <laughs> you know, right. Like I might think that way, like none of us is better than all of us, as we say, right? So, right. <laughs> so I want, you know, there's, there's like, if there's 10 people, there's 20 brains and I'm joking because there's each one has the left. Yeah. Right? So it's a joke, but really there's, there's not you, there's other people and they might see it from an angle like, damn. And it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. You're in a room and someone throws in like, I love it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing as a leader, it's not always your way. It's, mm -hmm. it's what's going to work for the group. Mm -hmm. If you're a team, it's what's going to get you to that, to, to, to the cup or to, to get whatever trophy you're going to get. If it's business, it's going to get you to that target, you know, and your target and making the bonus, whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's a contract, whatever. Again, it's that kind of what we're going to do together to make it happen. And that's the other thing. Team is, is team, right? There's mm -hmm. no I in team, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and yes. And that's, I think sometimes coaches do forget that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 and again, I'm not judging. Yeah. Like when I say coaches here, business or, or, or sports, you know, mm -hmm. if it's always about them, you know, that's when they start losing. Yep. But it's, I agree. You know, you're not any good without your team. Mm -hmm. You're not, <laughs> there's no leader that is good without their team. You know, you can't even claim to be a leader if you have no team. If the team doesn't follow, what kind of leader are you? <laughs> well, right. And you're not like you talk about war, right? I love I love war. It's, military history is one of my favorite. I was a you mentioned martial arts, too. And you know, I, I took three oh, years nice. mixed martial arts back in back in high school and, and uh, kind of in the midst of the baseball so uh, soccer world that I that I did. Um, but if you're not listening to the troops on the ground, like you said, they're the ones in the trenches. They're the ones that with the intel. Right. If you're if you think you're that smart as a general and, and you're sitting off in, in some nice, cozy, cozy room. And you got your troops that are telling you, hey, general, you know, this is happening, this and that. And you say, no, 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 we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You're, you're like you said, you're losing. You're losing. Well, you know, it's funny because you, you, we're talking about general. And again, we respect all our. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of but, course. But when I, when I say, I mean, we have a joke. We say field generals, like in the business world, literally. Mm -hmm. Like, so in, in my world, I, I consider myself a field general, which means I, I run the operation from the office, but I actually hang hang out in the trenches with the Yes. Team. And field so, generals. so mm -hmm. that's that's the difference. What and the, and the reason is, if you're a general, that means you've been through different wars. You've you've gone there, mm -hmm. right? You've done it. And that's that makes you an expert. But mm -hmm. war time changes mm -hmm. things change so if you're not every time in the trenches with mm -hmm. everybody you're not going to adapt to the new stuff you might right. know about it use an old tactic and by the way all tactics work mm -hmm. you know but you have to be able to to mix and match you know what mm -hmm. what you know plus what's new and if you adapt to it you all be you're always going to be ahead of the curve no matter what we're not talking military here in general so yes. even at work if mm -hmm. you are running teams, especially in sales, and we're going to talk about your book and sales mm -hmm. and SEO and stuff in a minute. Mm -hmm. But really, the concept is if you're going to run groups and teams to achieve targets and goals, whatever those things are, it, unless you're out there, like I, I have this challenge all the time at work, you know, in general, 
where there are people that always are, the, you know, they always kind of tend to know your business. <laughs> so let me explain. I'm in sales, but everybody else is an expert in sales. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you ask people, how, how, many, how many sales have you done in your life? Uh, no, I don't know. Never. Okay. Uh, how, many, how, how many times you've actually gone in front of a customer? To, to, to handle how many times you were in the street to be able to to be exposed to actually the deal and the discussion stuff never well how can you possibly even know what we go through <laughs> you see see like for me i swear i i can tell you this my my wish and eventually if i have the possibility to do this is that i want everyone to train like everybody across train everybody <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the troops because because you don't know what a soldier goes through until you're actually in their shoes. When you have mm-hmm. those those things zipping over your head, mm-hmm. you know, the bullets are like, you know, all over you and you hear those sounds. That's not the same thing as watching on TV. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. We're in the street like I, in, I can I can share something about my business like in my day business. Mm-hmm. I'm in the insurance world in, in New York City and we actually have agents all over the New York area. And some of them go to home. Some of them are at pharmacies. Some of them are at doctor's office. Some of them are in the street. Mm-hmm. And I have been in those places where we've had fights, we have knives, we have people still in front of and snatching purses in front of you. I've had bullets actually in the next block, you know, being shot at. Mm. You, now, when someone is in the office, they don't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can read about it in the news, but when you're there, it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's actually real. I'm not even, this is not a joke. This is real. No, I know. I believe I you. I mean, <laughs> you, you're in Harlem, you're in some places, and it's, it's, it's as it sounds like in the movies. I'm telling you, it's not in the movies. I've been there. I believe I've you. Seen it. And, and people don't relate to that because they don't understand it. You go to somebody's home, it may not be the ideal place. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had people that did stupid things. I mean, we had guys that had just opened up their, their, their ropes and hello. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, <laughs> so it's crazy stuff that, you, you, mm-hmm. that you're exposed to, but people don't know. You're in the cold, you're in the heat mm-hmm. while somebody is in the office. It's mm-hmm. not the same. So mm-hmm. yes, you can imagine how it feels, but it's not the same thing as what it feels. Feel it's general. only... Exactly. Field general is the key. So yes, mm-hmm. we want to have that leadership, but we want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the other thing. You can't lead if you don't have the same experience. If you didn't play, mm-hmm. how would you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You, know, you, you can't be a strategic, theoretical, you know, type of coach or leader because you just, you know, you've seen it. You read a couple of books. That's great. You watch a couple of movies. That's great. Mm-hmm. But have you tried it? Because mm-hmm. Let me put you to test. Let's go together. Yep. And, right. and you'll be surprised sometimes like they'll be like, oh, if mm-hmm. I can do a better job than my team. I suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I actually, I say it all like, you know, I'll challenge anyone. Mm-hmm. You want to get head, 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 head to head with me? I'm, I'm down, baby. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. show you how it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it is. And that's the difference. You have to have that commitment. But then you step back and you, you, you guide the people. Mm-hmm. Right? You guide them, you're with them, you guide them, but you don't push, over push, and you allow them to make the adjustment necessary. And it works. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, that, that's the other thing. In some teams, you do have to, you know, not everybody's going to be autonomous. You have the people that you have to hold hands. <laughs> right, right. And, and those are fine. That's also good. And that's mm-hmm. what they need. So now you understand your team well enough to know that this person, hold hand, this person, let go. Mm-hmm. You know that that system well enough. You adjust it correctly. You're always going to be a winner. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really all teams want to win. There's no team that I know that, <laughs> that gets into any competition that like we're going to lose. I mean, I don't, I have not heard of that one yet, but right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, everybody is in it to win it. Right. So, so, but I mean, again, I, I love this discussion. It's just fun. I mean, we can go you know, for hours, but mm. so now let's talk about you um, in the business world. And so you've written books. Well, I think a book, right? Mm-hmm. One book, a couple books. Yeah. It's like four or five now, five or there six, yeah. so, but, but big ones, big ones. There's like two, two big ones that, oh. yeah. 
So books about business, you know, strategy, I think, right? Uh, more, more, on the, more on the baseball side. The business strategy side is going to be coming. We're, we're kind of, it's a work in the process. Well, so first, let's talk about the, the baseball books. Mm -hmm. So what, what are the main core topics there that people can, first of all, would like to hear about them and maybe we'll put the link for people to actually can, you know, research them and maybe even get them and learn from them because I know you do this for a living and I know you have great insights that people can actually take. I mean, right now we're talking about it, but, you know, when you read it, there's more details there. There's more traction there that people can actually really apply. There's nothing wrong with actually learning something new and new tactics. Sometimes even just a one little thing in, in a book can change your life. Mm -hmm. Literally. So, so what are, what, what are the names of the books? If you don't mind. So, so what's interesting about the books is that they, they go into the, the business side as well, because anybody can write a book. It's really easy nowadays to write one. It's not hard. It's not easy to write a book, but it's, it's easy once you got it written to get it up on Amazon. I mean, all you, as long as you got pressbooks.com, that helps you format it. You put it in there in the system, you set it up as chapters and the whole thing. Uh, then it spits out the format that you need. And then you just upload it to Kindle direct public publishing, right? So it's, it's really easy. Once you get it written out, it's easy to get up and get out. Um, but then how you sell it and how you become a, a, a bestseller, if that's what you want to do, which catapult loading system was the first one that I wrote. And um, the, that was, that was the headline. And then the subhead was how to teach 100 pound hitters to consistently drive the ball 300 feet, which at the time that was unheard of. There's like, people were going, they were what? telling me I was full of it. Uh, you know, you teaching a hundred pound, then they, then they do the math and they go, well, can a 300 pound hitter hit at 900 feet then? Cause they know that's not real. You can't do that. Right. And I said, no, 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 There's a, there's a diminishing return here, but what I'm telling, what I'm saying is, and this was all that title came from my own being in the trenches, being that field general and actually seeing it with my own eyes and then having video uh, having parents being able to catch that at, at the time when it first started was like unicorns. And then the unicorns became not as unicorny, right? Like it was happening more often and it wasn't just a one-time flash in the pan thing. So that title came to me through just that being in the trenches and, and working, doing the swing experiments. And even before that, what I had decided, and this is in a, a, a non-sleeping, we had our first son and he was waking up six times a night and we're getting any sleep, bumping into walls, putting the keys in the freezer, you know, the whole thing. And I was reading a book. And I was trying to add a knee injury that um, from indoor soccer we were doing, my wife and I, after, you know, after we were done with college and all that stuff. And I was trying to rehab a knee injury. So I, I stumbled upon a book called Anatomy Trains by, by uh, Thomas Myers. Uh, same last name, but, and I'm sure we're, we're, were on the family tree somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know him per se. Right. But he was a, a more of a, they call it a body worker, more of kind of, it feels what he does is, is like a deep tissue massage type thing. But what he's doing is he's putting your fascia all he's lining your fascia back up for those familiar with fascia. I know this, this isn't the, the format to get into the, the weeds on that, but just knowing that I was reading that book. And then what, what I started to make connections on is I, I started that book because I wanted to fix myself. But what I found was that, holy crud, we can actually reverse engineer the swing to optimize the body in not only high performance, but also uh, low injury rates. So, so lower the injury rates. So what I did was I started what, what we say now is applying human movement principles that are validated by science to hitting a ball. 
So that's what we're doing. So we take engineering principles, we take the body work uh, stuff, biomechanics, and we take like physics, we take those principles and we apply them to hitting. And a lot of people were upset. They'd say, well, uh, the father of the spinal engine, that's one of our main tenants in our hitting system is uh, Dr. Serge Grakovetsky. He's an older gentleman up in Canada. He's a, uh, he's a phys physicist and a bio uh, biomechanical engineer and came up with this, this, uh, spinal engine. He's got all kinds of case studies. He's got, uh, you know, all kinds of studies on that. Um, and they'd say, well, how many, how many, uh, base hits in the big leagues did Dr. Serge Grakovetsky get, you know, these guys, these, these, uh, Sunday quarterback type coaches. Right. And, uh, so that was the kind of thing that we were on. So what happened was, so I, I wrote that book it, uh, within a year. So I wrote that January, 2017 by J January, 2018, I have that, that little Amazon best-selling author sticker. So I screenshotted that and it was right above one of the, the most well-known hitting books uh, by Ted Williams called the science of hitting. So it's got science, the science of hitting and it's got a uh, catapult loading system. And I have the best-selling sticker and he doesn't, <laughs> but with bestsellers, I mean, you have to, you have to keep up with the, the sales have to be there all the time. And so, uh, you know, eventually that sticker disappeared, but I did get the snapshot of it. So the question is, you know, writing a good book, but also being able to market it. And on Amazon, the biggest, biggest thing with Amazon are reviews. So you have to get reviews. And what's cool about that is or with Amazon, KDP publishing is that you can run freebie sales, which are like for the eBooks. And I had a big email list at the time, or I was, had a growing email list at the time. And I was able to email that list and we say, Hey, we're, we're doing a free, free book. Uh, giving away free book and like, you know, it'd be 1500, 2000 giveaway, you know, that would, that would take me up on the free ebook offer. And so in a short amount of time, I was able to, amass, of reviews. yeah, reviews and, and stuff like that. And so, and they were all like, right now, I think it's at an average of 4.4 and I've got over between the first edition and second edition of that, that catapult loading system, I think it's over 200 plus reviews on there. And it's a 4.4 rating, which is really good. You know, people really, um, when they, when they do a book, they're very scared of the reviews. They, they don't, you know, they know there's a lot of bad, and then there's bad people out there, but there's not as many as you think they're going to be honest about the reviews. So that really helped on the reviews of the book. And, and of course the sales, I had, I had ads going on Facebook that were pushing people over. Um, and I think the biggest mistake I made there was I was pushing a lot of traffic to Amazon. The problem with Amazon, when you make sales on Amazon is you don't get the customer info. <laughs> they do. And you can't access that. You can't go in and say, Hey, Amazon, can I, can I have all the emails of the, the, the thousands and thousands of people that bought the book? Uh, they're going to say, who are you? <laughs> so you can't. So then later on, I learned that I had to probably should have done it sooner. Again, fire first name second, right. Um, is create my own system where through, you know, point of sale or not point of sale, but um, print on demand POD where I, which I have that set up now, uh, where I'm, I'm capturing my own sales and I'm capturing my own customer information. But um, again, it's a baseball book and if people are interested, they can get it, but it's more of learning what it takes to get a book in the right. And, and that Amazon bestseller, by the way, is in the baseball coaching niche. It's not like it's in the number one business books of all time. You know, I'm not, uh, that's not the bestseller that I got, but I took a, a little niche that had one book that was dominating the whole time, which is the Ted Williams Science of Hitting and was able to overcome that within a year. So just kind of interesting journey on, on uh, book publishing. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot. Whatever. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's, that's important because I think as we're discussing now the business aspect of it, you know, 
you you use your skills, your knowledge, and now you turn that also into business and then making you know money making opportunity. But but it's how you market, as you said. And so I know you you have discussions about SEOs and mm -hmm. how to promote, how to kind of leverage the search engine optimization mm -hmm. just to define it and, and 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 make sure that you always rank well enough so people can see your business and otherwise yeah you can have the best juice out there but no one knows about it yeah so, so what what tips would you have about that you know uh i mean i know we talked about the amazon part but like in, mm -hmm. in general like in, in a google search for example yeah yeah great question so what's funny is my online marketing chops i first started back in 2008. So I did a website, it was in the baseball, it was, it was swingsmarterbaseballhittingdrills.com. It was through a program called Site Build It and Site Build It's main theme, main theme was content and then on-site optimization. So this is again, this is back in 2008. This is at the beginning of the search engine optimization uh, time and where you had a lot of black ops going on. You had uh, white hats and black hats, right? So you had the black hats are doing, they're spamming basically with keywords, with pages. They're, they're doing it in, say you have a white background and they're making the words white, but they're saying baseball hitting drills, baseball hitting drills, baseball hitting drills, baseball hitting drills. And they're just flooding the background with all these keywords, but you can't see them because they're white, right? So that would be an example of a black hat tactic in SEO back in the day. Now, Google's gotten so much smarter with the AI that they see that stuff and then boom, they, they, they bust you way down on your search engine optimization. You're not going to show up on the first page doing that kind of stuff, right? You have to do it. Uh, Google wants content. So content is king and content, a lot of content. So if it's just like a, a letter or like a, a letter form where you don't have video per se, you're, you're looking at like, and it depends on your competitors. So 800 words to 1500 words uh, for uh, targeting a specific keyword. So one thing I, I really want, uh, two things. So one thing is speed. So the, the amount, the loading speed of the site is huge. So Google weights that very much. So if it takes nine seconds for your site to load, Google's going to drop you down in the ratings. So number one, you got to have, and there's a lot of technical aspects to that. So I have, a, I have a team, I have a small, small little team and I have a tech guy who's really good. He's a compu computer science guy uh, named Kabir. And he's really good with that kind of stuff. And you go in the tech side uh, for those that don't have somebody like that, you can get, um, uh, plugins for WordPress, like Yoast. Yoast is pretty good. They, they do a good uh, job of, of, uh, having a system where on-site keywords, right? So you take a keyword, you put it in to the, the keyword thing, and then, and then it'll tell you with red light, yellow light, green light, where you need to put that keyword, you know, how, how often you need to do it, that kind of stuff. But the tech side is, is pretty important on the speed of the site. The second thing is for most businesses, and, and this is what I learned later, this isn't what I, I knew in the beginning when I first started this, and I've kind of returned to it full circle. I went away from SEO in the middle. In the beginning, it was, it was a big part of my websites. And then I went into more of like Facebook ads and, and the, the, the book publishing and, and, and sales funnels, putting together sales funnels and, and autoresponders, email stuff. And then I've uh, since returned back to SEO just because of the whole environment, the whole marketing environment now and how... Facebook is just nuts right now, just with Apple's attacking them, telling them you can't do this and that and the other thing. And so now Facebook has to pull back and say, well, we can't do a 180 day cookie anymore. We can't put a cookie on a, on a person's website for 180 days because there's privacy issues and, and Apple won't allow that to happen. So now it's like a 21 day down to 14 day down to a seven day. And I mean, pretty soon we won't have to be able to have cookies on people's sites anymore. And, and the cookies are for those that don't know what a cookie is. You know, when you talk about, you talk about a, 
a, a pup tent that you're that you want to buy and you're just talking about it with your spouse your your friend your whoever and uh, you you go on to facebook and you start scrolling down you see you start seeing ads for pup tents and you wonder <laughs> what the hell's going on well that those cookies right so you you visit these sites and so those cookies get put on so returning back to search engine optimization and now there's a thing called search intent so this is number two so search intent is i and i and i rank for both of these so for my hitting site especially I rank for hitting training. So those two words, very general. And they get maybe, and it's not a lot of search. Remember, baseball, softball industry is very small, um, but 3,500 3, searches a month. And if you're, if you're number one for that word, you're getting 85% of that traffic. Okay, so if you're ranked number one, you, the, the number one rank for that specific terms, getting the bulk of the traffic, 85%. So do you want to do you want to rank for high volume search which is general, or do you want to rank for low volume search that's more specific long tail? And I've learned that if you're a business that's looking to, that isn't informational. So my hitting performance lab, I have 300 and almost 60 blog posts on there, a lot of information. So I have sales funnels set up and in place and the whole thing. So it is educational. I am trying to educate people that are newbies, get them through the system and then sell them. But some businesses don't have that, that option. They could be an HVAC company, real estate, whatever. And they're looking maybe not so much to season a, a beginner, and, and get them through to, to get them to buy a house or to invest in something or to um, pull the trigger on their HVAC services or whatever it is. Um, they want the, the, what we call bottom of funnel customers. So bottom of funnel or ready to buy customers. So though that search intent is different. So for somebody who's searching hitting training, for instance, is going to be different. You're going to treat them different than somebody who's searching for hitting lessons near me or online hitting course, uh, reviews, right? Those are more long tail. They're going to not get as many searches. It might be a couple hundred searches a month, but those people are closer to the bottom of the funnel. They know what they want. They know they want, they just, they just want to review a couple different companies before they actually pull the trigger. And that's, and that's the big difference is search intent is huge. So what keywords are you focusing on versus, you know, the, the high volume stuff search is cool. And it's cool to have that traffic coming in, but you have, there's a lot, you still, there's a lot of energy you have to spend in order to convert that traffic into an actual buyer. So thank you, Joey. So you have the ability to help businesses right now to, to figure out their SEO ranking and, mm -hmm. and adjust it and, and you test it out for them. And certainly you can get them better results and potentially better sales yep. and growth. I mean, ultimately that's the bottom line. I mean, if you're in business, you're in business to make money. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, so, but you're right. I mean, it is tricky. And I, again, I have a business too, and, and I know it's not as easy as people think, you know, your name just doesn't pop up first. I mean, you can right. read <laughs> page 20. I don't know what, somewhere out there. No one ever, you have to like keep moving more and more and more before you can get to somebody. Right. Right. And that's, that's because again, to your point, key elements, keywords, uh, how you, you place all this stuff and mm -hmm. your speed of the site can, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I do sometimes test them to see like how my, my test is doing. I mean, my, my site is it easily to load up, especially on the phones and things like that. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the other Bobo, part. That's another one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, you can be good on the computer, but once you put on the phone, that thing doesn't just keep going. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. and a lot of people use their phones now as a search. That's where you see eighty percent of step. traffic. I know you just you just on your iPhone. Okay, let me see. Click, click. Yeah. You're not gonna go like let me log into my computer. Nobody's doing that these days, unless you actually at the office. Well, you know what's interesting is people are doing research on their phone and they're buying on their computer. That's what they're doing. 
So if you look at uh, like e-commerce and stuff like that, you know, people will, they might, they might go through the phone, they'll check some stuff out, see your reviews, they'll do the research first. And then when they're ready to buy, they tend to go to the PC, depending on the industry and stuff like that. But they tend to do the research on the phone first. And, the, and if that passes the test, and if your site sucks, and it loads too long, and it's not very mobile friendly, they're done. They're not even going to go to the computer to, to try and buy it. Well, as they say, you can never make a second impression. <laughs> First impression is the key, right? <laughs> On the online, especially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, once, once there's, there's plenty. That's the thing. There's, there's, there's fierce competition. You're not the only yeah. player. Uh, if you had a monopoly in a game, that's one thing. But, you know, you take any product today. I mean, there's like thousands of them, you know, mm -hmm. thousands of companies competing for the same thing. And so, right. uh, and you can have the best quality. That's the other thing. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you have everything top, but you just can't get enough people to, to really value what you have because mm -hmm. they're not seeing you where they need to be. You're not really as mm -hmm. visible. And right. again, branding is a, is a key. We, we talk about that all the time because... Mm -hmm. In, 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 let's say in the insurance world, I mean, if your name is not recognizable by people, like, oh, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you know? Geico, you're not that little lizard. Yeah, exactly. So, you, and that's the other thing, like, if you're not, and again, it costs money to be in front of people in that mm -hmm. frequency. Right. I mean, TV is expensive, radio can be just as expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. online is the cheapest, and even Facebook can add up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you yeah. got to boost your stuff, you know, frequently, I mean, it can mm -hmm. literally just be thousands of dollars to really make the, the dent. Right. I mean, if you're gonna want a thousand people to see you and come to your site, especially when you uh, promote a site, mm -hmm. that takes a lot more money than promoting it, like a, a post or an art, you know, a picture. It's two mm -hmm. different things. So it costs more, and it's actually less people. So you have to pay a mm -hmm. lot more to get to the the population. Mm -hmm. It's it's a number game. Ten, and that, three, and that's what's great about Longtail. That's what's great about Longtail is you can take a company who is lesser known and you can compete. And there's a, there's a process that we use on long tail and it's, and it's basically going like uh, six layers deep. So like I said, hitting training, that's like one layer deep. And if you're going to try and compete with hitting training, which I do, like I show up six or seven on um, Google on page one of Google. So six or seven in there, it, it fluctuates between um, five and eight or whatever it is. Um, so I'm, I'm on there. I've, I've, I got enough backlinks. I've got enough content on that kind of stuff. But if you don't, if you're not able to, like you're talking about in the insurance business, well, if you can take, um, you can take, say, we'll take say, uh, stay with the same hitting example. So hitting training, I can go a little deep and say hitting training 2021. I could go say, I could say hitting training online course 2021. I could say hitting uh, best hitting training reviews 2021 um, online course or online lessons, or, you know, the deeper I go, the more I can rank for all of those different keywords, but people, there's so many, there's so many searches that Google doesn't even tell you about that happen. I can't remember. There's, there's a crazy amount of searches brand new that have never been searched before certain keywords every day. And I can't remember. It's like in the millions. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about that. Um, and so that's why I think the long tail keyword isn't, isn't, e it's not easy, but it's an easier way to compete with the big, because they're not, Geico's not concerned with the long tail keywords because they're, like you said, yeah, they got, they got <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars for branding, right? They can go on, uh, they got YouTube lockdown. They got, uh, you know, rank number one on Google. They got, they got all of them omnipresence, right? They're all over the place and they're at the top places. Uh, Google AdWords, right? They're, they're paying for placements everywhere and websites that part of their demographic. Well, how we can short circuit that a little bit is do what they, what they don't do, or maybe what they don't really feel like they need to do because they can just throw money at the problem is to, is to attack them like guerrilla warfare and go into the long tail keywords. Again, they don't get as many searches 
as again, hitting training, right? Hitting training, 3,500 searches a month, but online hitting lessons might get, I don't know, 250 to 300 a month, but those people are ready to buy. They're all they're looking for is just a little nudge in the direction. Hey, I want to see, I want to see his testimonials. I want to see some of his case studies before I pull the trigger, but that's a way that we can, we can go use a little guerrilla warfare to, to slide under the radar and, you know, something that Geico is not going to do in the insurance industry. They're not going to go that low. You know, they're not going to do that. Well, Joey, guess what? I think you and I, we're going to have a discussion after this show. <laughs> I'm going to, to I'm gonna have to put you with our marketing team and see if we can, can make a difference in our, uh, you know, strategy on online. So, sure. uh, you know, that, that may be a, a real, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just you're talking about like, I, I can see where we can do this. <laughs> and, and we can do it too. We can do it through all the different channels. So we can do it. Uh, we have like a content amplification process where we take a piece of content or we take a, a string like the, that six deep string of um, long tail keyword. And we, and again, I, I can show, show your marketing team that, um, and we can turn that into a, a news article that goes into the news side, like Google news and all the different things. Uh, so basically like a press release going to the news, a blog post, a podcast, a slideshow and a um, what's the other one, the infographic. So, and a video and a video. So there's, there's seven different modes. So we, we create all those seven different pieces of content, all targeting the specific thing, you know, that we're looking for. And then we send it out, we syndicate it out to 200 plus different websites from blogs to news, all that kind of stuff, because content is king. And so we, we create a lot of content and then we distribute it out and, and uh, rank when now we start ranking for some of those keywords, those long tail keywords. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. I just came into it the last couple months and we're, we're doing it on our own in our own businesses. So um, pretty interesting stuff that we got now it's used, you know, we use AI and there's some manual element to it, but it's, it's pretty cool. I w- I'd love to talk about that more <laughs> on, on the side of the show, but I mean, yeah. literally I, it's very interesting because I, again, I, there's, there's always that part of, you know, the struggle when you're marketing products and uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's like, I use multiple strategies in, in the business world. So we have the grassroots, which is, you know, feet on the ground, boots on the ground, doing the thing, mm-hmm. using multiple channels and, you know, different relationships, but then you have the marketing or traditional marketing that includes now anything that is digital. Right. And that mm-hmm. includes, like you talked about, you know, the show, we talked about digital marketing, mm-hmm. same concept here, but the issue is when you talk about it and it's one thing, but when you get into it, it's, it's a different story. Uh, you don't see the same, you know, ROI <laughs> right. on, on big, again, I'm not sure if it was done right or not, but that, mm-hmm. but that's, that's, that's a question mark. Mm-hmm. But also I think, I think, for example, we purchase leads, which could cost a mm-hmm. lot of money. Mm-hmm. You can defer that money and get, you know, better ranking and get better results immediately. Mm-hmm. And your ROI is much better. So, right. so those are things that we, we definitely, you know, I I've observed on the marketing side and uh, you know, I have, I have concerns about and, and on, on the business side, but, but definitely it's something that they'll be interested to talk to you about and, uh, and bring value. Hey, listen, there's no reason for, for, for that to happen, right? <laughs> well, and, and that's the reason why I've shifted away from the Facebook ads and, and the Google AdWords and all that kind of stuff. I just, I saw the writing on the wall. I saw some of the turmoil that's happening now. I, not to say it's going to get better. I think it will get better. Facebook, it's still cheap marketing and I know how to do it. Um, but the, the problem with Facebook and Facebook's probably the cheaper of, if you're talking about Google AdWords or radio or anything like that, I mean, it's still cheaper marketing, but you're going to have to spend, if you want a good, good ad, it wasn't like this in the past, um, but you're going to have to spend about $1,000 a week or $3,000 in one week. So you can do 1000 a week for three weeks. 
and and just know that that money's going away. Like you're you're not going to probably recapture that even if you have a good sales funnel set up because you're going to have to figure out what the optimized images for the ad, the optimized headline, and you can you can do split test uh, you know, split AB test type stuff with Facebook. They allow you to do that. Makes it actually pretty easy. Um, so say if you spend a 3 grand in a week, you can get an ad, an optimized ad whether you use an image or video, like you can even test the video against the image the way, you know, if you're spending enough money, you can do all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and the funnel, right? So you can, you can do all that in the back in the past. It wasn't like that. You didn't have to spend that much. And then at the end of the three grand or five grand, three to five grand, then you're going to have a pretty optimized image. And then now you can send it out. But then if you're just directing them to one page, like a sales page without any follow-up, without any upsells, without any of that kind of stuff, you're not capturing uh, everything. So there's a, there's an art and there's a science <laughs> to the sales funnel um, paid for advertising type of things. And so not that I, I, gave, I give up on that. I just feel like the system needs a little bit of, of modification or evolution, I guess, needs to evolve a little bit more to be friendly for small businesses and medium-sized businesses. Cause it's really friendly to the the, the higher business, you know, the, the higher functioning businesses. Um, but that's why I came back to search engine optimization because it is, I, I feel like it's the small guy, small gals, uh, a skill that, that you can use and you can circumvent the big guy because the big guy's not willing to, to do that kind of stuff because they can just pay for it. They got millions of dollars. They can just brand, 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 brand all over the place. And brand's great. But you can also build brand through search engine optimization, guerrilla, guerrilla tactics. I, you know, I refer to them as. Uh, well, it is. This is guerrilla marketing, but this is digital guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we do the, do the same thing in, in the trenches and in the communities, and that's another mm -hmm. approach. But but again, you have to almost have a full 360 spectrum of, of different approaches, and digital now is the place. A lot yeah. of people spend more time on social media and digital mm -hmm. space than I call it cyber <laughs> world yep. right now. So yep. we're in the cyberspace better more than the actual actual world. Right. So, so it's amazing, <laughs> right? But but yeah, so so I know we're coming out to the, the, the time here at the end of the show, yep. but I wanted to a couple of things. Um uh the company and how we can get you know hold of you. So people listening, mm -hmm. first of all, I want to say this. It's funny because if you're listening to the beginning of the show and now you'll be like, it's two different shows. Literally, we transited <laughs> so far out, it's not even funny, right? People are like, Well, how did that even happen? Well, that's the, that's the way did we, we start with it. baseball. Yeah, we start with baseball. I told you it's gonna be a mix and match, you know, it's a mashup yeah. and we're gonna go business with pleasure. So yeah. <laughs> we did the pleasure, now we do the business part. But you know, that's that's the that, that's the fun part about this show. But but the idea is really uh, we want to make sure that people know about your services and how to reach out to you. Sure. I will have the, 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 the website, of course, but so, so what's, what should they be looking at, you know, or for, and what companies can be looking, you know, to, to uh, use your services. Right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So if uh, anybody's interested in the search engine optimization, seeing what that we you know, what we offer, all that kind of stuff, they can go to lead generation SEO services.com. And that's our kind of our main site. We have some blog posts there. We've got a, a lot of information. I think the homepage is like four or 5,000 words on its own. So it's got a lot of good information uh, for the, the demographic, the people wondering, Hey, is this, is this right for me? So we, we tend to be a little higher up on the price spectrum, but we do a, we do a lot. I mean, it's all the, the SEO stuff. We do have other, we do have other things like email marketing and I have a marketing partner who's really good on the email marketing side. He's really good on the Facebook, Facebook ads and, and building sales funnels. And he's really good at that. He's, he's, he ran a million dollar, um, political, uh, it was like four 
conservative news sites. And then the fifth one was a like a Trump 2020 coin pre-election that he was doing. He did a million dollars in during COVID 2020, you know, and plus it was election time. So that was pretty big. But he also learned the the bad uh, <laughs> that after the election, Facebook shut that stuff down because it was all Trump related and it was all conservative related. So the Facebook, he went from, I think, one month, $250,000 of sales to the next month like 20,000. <laughs> so, wow. so he learned some lessons too. But anyway, he 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 does, he takes care of that kind of stuff. But we do I mean straight straight on the content, SEO, all that kind of stuff there. Uh for those that are interested on again on podcast cuz we're we do podcast too. We're just kind of starting called the Lead Generation Strategies podcast and at that website at the leadgenerationseoservices.com just click podcast and it'll take you take you to that website if they're interested in, in getting on or anything like that but so that that is you mean the the, the ads come on the podcast on on like spotify and all the other stuff is that what for the yep. yeah 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 yep. so lead generation strategies podcast we only have two episodes up right now one's a case study and then one's the interview with with my marketing partner austin um so we're just we're just kind of kicking that off we're going to be doing a little bit more with that in the future um but they can go there and if they're at like want to take the next step. Hey, I want to check out my site with SEO. And maybe if you guys want to do this, that'd be good, especially if we're going to meet on a phone call with your marketing department is when you land on lead generation, SEO services.com right there, before you even scroll down, will be a, like an SEO audit. So you can just put your, put your uh, website in there and you put your you know first name email and that'll, that'll automatically send it to you via email. And it'll give you a full report on where you guys are on your site. So you can do that. Anybody can do that. That's free. You don't have to reach out to us. You don't have to wait for me to, 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 you know, call you or email you, you get that right away. And then if uh, anybody out there wants to take the next step, they said, Hey, okay. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to sit on a call, 30 minute call, 60 minute call, and I'll go over uh, for free. We'll go over that. And we'll look at low hanging fruit that we can fix right now um, to, to, to help you know, at least your the 80, 20 rule, right? The 20% low hanging fruit there, that's going to give you 80% of, of results. And for those that have teams, development teams and things like that, it's easy instructions that you can send them so that they can just go in the background and, and fix that stuff. So that is, um, you know, no, no cost, uh, but we're here to build relationships. As we talked with the baseball, we started on the baseball coaching side. We want to build relationships. We want to do business with, with people who want to do business with us. And uh, you know, we, we want to make a friend in the process. It'd be nice. That's awesome. But well, so I, I do have one question. I mean, you're very confident about the the ability to make the difference and change. Uh, people usually want to feel that comfort that that they're gonna get because I mean, there's a lot of options out there, right? Oh yeah. And and so so, is there any type of you know warranty guarantee that you guys offer in terms of your service? And 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 like I see some ads come up all the time. Like we guarantee mm -hmm. you that you're gonna be first page in 30 days. I don't know if those are real or not. I mean, they pop up on my Facebook almost every two minutes. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we can't really, cause you don't know the person. So those ads are definitely eye candy because you don't know the person's situation with their site. So say if, if I got somebody who's coming in, so I put an ad out there like that first page of Google, um, in 30 days. So a couple things are happening here. So one, if, if that person comes in and their site's brand new, like they just register the domain. Maybe they just had somebody build it. Maybe it's only two, three months old. Well, depending on what market they're in, if they're saying Miami, Florida, and, or New York, New York, right, Manhattan, and you're trying to rank for, uh, say, insurance, right? Uh, it's going to be tough because it's a, it's a tough market. It's a big market, and there's a lot of competition there. Now, if you're in, I don't know, Spokane, I'm sure Spokane, Washington is smaller than New York or Miami, right? But, but a smaller, smaller area and you want to rank in your local area there, 
oh yeah, so a lot easier to rank on Google. But what they're not telling you is, what are you going to rank for? What are you going to, what is it that you're going to get me on the first page with, right? Because I can get you, I can get people on first page pretty quickly, three to four months for those bottom of funnel keywords, those longer tail keywords, uh, possibly even sooner than that, depending on the history of the site and the seasoning of the domain, right? So how long that domain's been around, how much content you have, there's other factors in there that will help you. How many backlinks do you have already coming in? If you're fresh, starting fresh, it's going to be a little, and you're in a competitive niche, it's going to be a little bit more of a, a competitive to be able to get you ranking for the keywords that you want to rank for. But like I said, with the, with the six deep tails, long tails, uh, makes it a little bit easier with the approach that we have, because it's not just the on-site, the off-site SEO, the backlinking stuff. It's the content amplification too, that's really big because that builds a lot of backlinks really quickly. Um, we have websites in the crypto world, uh, in the gold world. Uh, we're really heavily in the crypto right now, and it's super competitive, but there's a lot uh, there's like over 7,000 coins now, right? There used to be a hundred. You can make coins. your own. <laughs> you can make your own, I know. your own tokens and coins, right? Yeah. You, yeah. So you're familiar with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, if make, you, I have the app, you could go in and, and create your own and yeah. 15 minutes you have your own currency. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And and you could go in. So if you go on to uh coinmarketcap.com and, and you look at all the coins, there's 7,000. If you keep clicking the, the next page, next page, next, there's 7,000 coins. So there, there's a lot of competition. So if you wanted to rank for say best exchanges, best crypto exchanges, that's going to be really tough because you've got companies that are spending millions and possibly Bitcoin. billions of dollars <laughs> hard. But what we could do is we can take a coin that's lesser known, but that looks pretty, pretty good. Like it looks pretty, um, um, high demand, but maybe the competition's not there yet. And we can take a, uh, maybe a hundred coin, uh, deeper. So not in the top hundred, but in a hundred plus, right. And we can take that kind of coin. We can create a new site, which is what we're doing. We're creating a new site that has all the news because that's what crypto. A lot of it is, is the news side of things. So people want to get up to date, you know, what's the price now, what's it going to be, what's the predictions, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we can rank really high for a smaller coin. And then once we get all that traffic going to that smaller coin thing, then we can shift them over to our site that is best exchanges. So if they sign up, we get an affiliate fee for, you know, if they sign up for Coinbase or Binance or something like that. So interesting tactics. And in different niches, like you said, uh, you cross, you know, like uh, MMA, right? Mixed martial arts. Like That's you right. take some, you take some, um, you learn from, from, you take the best from everything. That's it. Have everything. Bruce well, Lee. That's what right? MMA is. Yeah. You take it. Well, Bruce Lee. That's correct. Right. You take a little bit of everything, you apply it all, and then you have the better formula than, you know, you can do a little bit of all. That's it. Right. Right. Uh, and become good at all of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, so, so uh, one last question. Yep. Uh, I, I know we've, we've exceeded time, but it's pretty okay. intense. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, so the question that everybody like, does a business need a certain budget to really make a difference and, you know, and a time frame to, to really, cause I mean, those are considerations that people have to always have sure. small business versus a mid-sized business may have different abilities, financial or, or like capital backing. Right. So, mm -hmm. so what kind of budget are we talking about to, to really get someone from nothing to to that page, and and what can a real reasonable time frame? Yeah, so um, 
so it's it's definitely so our services are a little bit more on the upper end side so it's definitely not for like small businesses that are on a on a shoestring budget and that are going month to month with their uh, revenue definitely would there's some things that we can do in the meantime to help kind of build that but until they can get into the you know we look at six seven and eight figure businesses a year that this makes a lot of sense for three to four months say if this is a fresh site and we got to start building all this kind of stuff and we could see some really big gains and not only in the traffic side of things but for those businesses that uh, insurance you know uh, hvac that need co- phone calls like local mm-hmm. phone calls so increasing the phone calls and things like that so in, in search engine optimization, it's safe guarantee wise to say three to four weeks to really get some, some traction where we got, you know, sometimes we go into a site that's they've used other people, they've used other search engine optimization. And it might've been part of like, say like a company like Reuters that does a little bit of everything, right? Reuters marketing or whatever. I have a, a, a good friend of mine that was using them and they're, they're kind of generalized, right? They don't go deep in a lot of the different marketing ways. They just kind of do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get gypped on the search engine optimization side and possibly even put in the wrong direction. So if you're getting uh, one of the backlinking strategies is citations, is directories, getting into directories like, um, you know, yellow pages, even though it's not, <laughs> the yellow pages kind of is dead, but it's still a link back from a pretty prom, um, prominent site or pretty credible site, right? Um, and so uh, citations um, uh, can help, can help to, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, part of it, but as a, as a, as a backlinking strategy, it's, um, it's, it's good to, to have that in season, season that, um, as we kind of start, but the directories are are also going to help with the, um, like it's part of that backlinking strategy is going to help increase the season, uh, seasoning of the site, um, as just one example of the different backlinking, um, strategies that we can use, but the content amplification side of it, that's a big one. That's a big promising one because we're setting different channels. We're getting in different channels and then we're distributing it out to 200 plus different sites. Wow. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. Well, well so, again, yeah. Oh, I guess where I was going with that was that. Um, so if we have to go in and do citations, if we have to do them over, so a company kind of messes everything up and we have to go in and we have to redo those citations, you know, that, that can hurt your rankings. So if there's black hat stuff, so if somebody hired unknowingly somebody to do their SEO, say a freelancer on Upwork or something like that, and this freelancer was doing a lot of black uh, black hat type uh, SEO things like we were talking about spamming with you know the white words, but it's mm-hmm. the keywords in the background. You, we can't see them, but Google's just going to crush their site. So do we have to erase a lot of that stuff and then restart again and then and re-go? So it all depends on, on how they come in on, on what we're doing. If it's fresh and it's clean, I mean, three to four, three to four months, pretty good traction. And what's interesting is we, we're belong to a group, a SEO group. And, um, a lot of them say, I mean, once they get into it, it, it's almost customers for life because it just, it makes sense. It's, it's the, the reason we came back to SEO is because it creates such a foundation of, of leads. And if we do it right, if we're, if we're attacking or going after the, the customer who's searching search intent is bottom of funnel. I mean, you're getting, you're just getting more emails, you're getting more phone calls, you're getting more people that actually want to pull the trigger and you're not having to spend a ton of time with your content, warming them up. So um, once the leads come, it's like a snowball um, and, oh it's, and it's evergreen, right? It's evergreen. When you stop spending money on Facebook, that's done. Like I, I've done that. <laughs> I know what it is. I've had uh, in the thick of the baseball about a couple of years ago when Facebook was awesome and you were getting organic reach to. So my, my site, my, or my uh, Facebook 
hitting base, hitting performance lab site was gaining organic organically, like people following me and stuff, which you don't, doesn't happen anymore on Facebook because it's more pay to play now, but I was getting, I was spending a couple hundred dollars a day on ads and I'm, I was getting probably 150 to 200, um, or I was, I was, I was getting about 50 cents to 75 cents per email. So I was, you know, if I got, if I'm spending a hundred dollars a day, I'm 150 to 200 emails a day. But the minute I turn that off, all those emails stop, right? I have those emails still, but the minute I stop spending money, the leads stop. So that's, what's nice about SEO is it's, it, it's, it builds over time and it's evergreen. I mean, it, it can go for years as long as you do uh, the right things. You're doing white hat stuff and not black hat stuff. You got to maintain it. Yep. Well, well, thank you. I mean, that's good. And that's clear. And uh, I definitely we need to talk <laughs> about, <laughs> about different things because sure. this stuff does take time and you have to plan it. Sure. Uh, but so 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 we talked about the SEO. That's business. Are you doing any with the coaching? You know? Yeah, so I'm, I'm still doing the coaching. And I have a core group of probably 20, 25 hitters right now, 20 to 30 hitters mix boys and girls, more boys and girls um, that I do here locally. So I have a local thing that we do here in, in Fresno, California. And then I have my online, which we have many, many coaches around. Uh, I have online lessons that I, that I do. Uh, I'm uh, slowly going to be phasing out at least myself in that. And I'm going to have coaches that are going to take over and do that side of it as we do more on the business side of things. Um, but we sell online courses. We do the online lessons. we got the books. Um, so, you know, I set out with the whole baseball thing to leverage myself in a way where I didn't have to be there all the time, you know, the lessons I do have to be there and I have to do those, mm -hmm. but I wanted to make sure we got let we're equipping coaches, do it yourself coaches, um, do it for you is kind of the lesson thing where I do it for the, the parent, right. I tell them what to do with their son or daughter. Um, and then the books, and it's really easy and, and easy to leverage those things versus the lessons. So I was able to, instead of be a, be a King in my little area, you know, my little local area, I was able to spider out and be, you know, be a chancellor of the King uh, outside of more having hitters <laughs> in Florida, out in New York. You know, I got hitters out in New York. I got hitters out in New Jersey. I have, um, all over, all over the United States. So it's nice to have that reach. And like you said, you got those boots on the ground that they tell you what's going on. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're transitioning the last year or so, of taking all the knowledge that we've learned marketing our own stuff. Cause this is all our own medicine. This isn't something we're an agency, but we're an agency that takes our own medicine. We, we do all this stuff with our own sites and, and, and they can see that once they land on there, they can see the UI UX design, graphic design, which helps to funnel your, your prospect into, um, you know, what your call to action is. Do you want them to email you, contact you? Do you want them to download a white paper or a video or whatever? Um, and so it's all our own medicine. We, we do this ourselves. We test it ourselves. And I think that's, that's a big thing versus the agents, the big agencies, right? The big dinosaur agencies. You are actually your first client, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I, I actually, I use that line all the time. Field, because field general. You got to be it. You got to, because you speak by experience and no one, again, when someone challenges you, well, I, here, you can see my business. <laughs> what happened? It's applying it. Exactly. So you yeah. can have real evidence to, to this. Well, listen, Joey, it, it's been real. I mean, we could do another show <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to end up here. So it's good. But, but I think, I think we did a good mix here. I mean, this is going also on the sales world, you know, TV, which is the other channel. Yep. Uh, it's, it's cause it's all business and uh, it's going to benefit a lot of people in a lot of different angles. Anybody that loves baseball, that's a good show. Anybody that wants to mm -hmm. talk about, you know, the, in the fitness world and just the fun mm -hmm. part, we have it. Anybody mm -hmm. on the business side, we have it. Mm -hmm. And, and the business here goes beyond just the typical strategy 
leadership. We go and also like, you know, tactical things that you can use to market your business. So folks, right. it's, it's like I said, it's a mashup show. It's a, it's a little bit of, it's a buffet of information. Take what you can <laughs> just, just use it, you know, or you're going to lose it. So that's the, that's the concept. I think we have an opportunity here. So folks, please, uh, you know, check out the, the description of the show. Uh, Joey, that being said, any last words that we want to close the show with? No, you know, I, I think we said a lot. Uh, I appreciate your time and, and let me come on and talk. You know, my wife, uh, she wouldn't, she, when I get to talk to other people, she loves it because I get it all out of my system type of thing. And, you know, the dog that's hyperactive, you got to take him out for a walk, you know, to burn some of the energy off. So she, she appreciates that. But no, I, I would say parting thoughts. I would say, um, you know, the top two things that the last couple of years that have really, I've really gotten honed in on our discernment and critical thinking, right? So whether it's choosing a service or, or it's some of the things, the topics we discussed today, use discernment. So don't just do things just to do it. Um, you know, use your brain, think about the, the case studies, right? Case studies, testimonials, all that kind of stuff. And then the critical thinking. And, and I just, I feel like we need a little bit more of that in our society. I feel like that kind of went by the wayside we saw over the last, uh, you know, five, six, seven years, something like that. I feel like, um, you know, we need to return back to that and we need to question things. And I mean, that's what I've done my whole life, whether it's baseball or whether it's business and people tell even some of the gurus that we listen to that, uh, always questioning, always questioning, you try it, it doesn't work. If you did exactly the way they did it, then maybe it just didn't work in your industry, but just using a little bit more discernment, a little bit more critical, critical thinking, I think goes a long way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Joey, thank you so much for the time, folks. Thank you for watching and listening Well, watching in a lot of channels, man. <laughs> but also listening on the hi-hat radio. Um, you know, uh, I enjoyed this, this, this discussion. It was, it was awesome. And, uh, we'll be talking soon, different guests, different show, different topic. Stay tuned. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. See ya.